It's tea time. <laughs> I know you guys like my singing. Welcome to episode three. Nobody should have put a mic in front of me. I can't help it. I'm gonna have to sing. But anyways, this is episode three. I'm your host, Tama Alyssa, and this is Catch Tea, if you can, where I bring to you real people with relatable stories who bet on themselves and are winning. Today, our special guest is Brittany Price. Uh, if you have the pleasure of following her on Instagram, it looks like Brittany Sprice, which is Brittany S. Price. And Brittany is a Los Angeles-based fine artist and muralist specializing in impactful visual commentary on current events. As a female uh, Black American, Brittany's perspective of life is unique. And her her art brings representation to those often overlooked, such as the black race, uh, black women, uh, their stories. And as Brittany puts it, her artwork literally is like you're reading a page out of her diary. And what I appreciate about Brittany's work is that it's, it's very clear. Um, you see in every in every um, mural or every um, uh, piece that she does the intent to uplift, celebrate, and teach her community using art as a vessel. So today for the Pour the Tea segment, please help me welcome Brittany Price. Let's get into it, girl. Let's get into it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, of course, we have to pour the tea. And I mean, literally pour the tea. So I want to know what kind of tea you have sitting in your mug. I have that green tea Kirkland Sinus. <laughs> what? I need to get. I, I have green tea, yes. too. Do you drink yours with sugar? What do you put in yours? Um, it's just plain. I just, okay. you know. I'm trying I, to lose this quarantine weight, there, so just play, let it go. <laughs> I put a little bit of honey in mine, so uh, it tastes good. It tastes real good. So I'm really excited. I did um, the whole intro for you, but, you know, I really want to get into from you. Who is Brittany? And what mm. what what would you describe your artwork as? Hmm. I am a human being trying to be present in the moment. Um, and I express myself through art. And so therefore my art is my journal. I'm currently mm. in this like weird, um, I don't know what to call it. Like a, it's limbo? Not a purgatory. Limbo? It's a, yeah, limbo, a moment of transition where I'm getting to this point where I want to express more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm learning, I have to research how to express more. I feel like there's like this blockage and there's so much more that I want to share with people, mm -hmm. but I have to dig through the weeds to, to get there, if that makes any sense. Right. So, so you mean, <laughs> yeah. do you mean you'd want to reach deeper more from a personal, um, a personal standpoint in terms of how it's reflected in your work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my work is a reflection of how I'm processing the world as it is right now. Um, I've gotten a lot of uh, critique mm -hmm. that my work is uh, powerful and political, um, sometimes offensive to the wrong crowd as well. Mm -hmm. And to them, I just say, this is my journal. Like, I'm a Black woman living in America at this moment, and this is what I feel. Mm. Mm, that's real. I want to get into, I know, first of all, again, like I said, I want to thank you so much for your time because to even get this time from you, I know is, 
is a um, it's it's a reach because I I think I called you about three weeks ago to be on episode two for me and yeah. you're like I got commissioned a job so I won't be available till after like mid mid October uh, and just in general us trying to meet up as friends it's you're you're always busy which I'm I'm super happy for but um yes. go ahead but also as friends if we can be candid we're kind of polar opposites when it comes to personality absolutely like, you are a social butterfly like you can talk to anyone anywhere any place anytime you're ready for yeah. me i got a plan <laughs> yeah you got to mentally you got to mentally prep prepare i ha i like the small settings no more mm. than like four in a room like that's that's where i kind of we could set those up too, out. girl. We yeah. could set those up. And you know what? As I've grown, it's funny that you bring that up. I'm a loner. I'm a loner, girl. So you can come sit on the couch with me and we could be little loners together. Um, I yeah, that. I am. I've grown to be more of the personal settings uh, type one-on-one -on -one, um, hangout. So definitely that is something that we need to set up and stop making excuses about. Yeah. Um, but for me, yes. it's also, for me, it's also, I, you know, taking the time to reach out is something I've been really bad about lately. So, um, we got to work on that. Yeah. No, but you, you do a really good job and I need to say yes more often because what's life without experiencing it with people. So I appreciate yeah. you so much. I appreciate you for continuing to reach out, even though absolutely. sometimes I'm a little like. <laughs> no, of but, course, yeah, of you. course. No, I know how it is. So, but I do want to get into that, how, how we know each other. And we met through our um, friend, Dominique. And, hey, Dom! Right? Hey, Dominique. Hey, Watching. girl. Um, but when we, when we met, we both were in that transitioning phase of uh, mm. working uh, for corporate America and trying to decide, mm -hmm. are we going to follow what our passion is or what our true desires are? I say heart desires, um, and, and kind of figuring out, trying to map the way for that. And I feel like that's why you and I automatically connected. Like you said, we were total opposites, but that was our commonality. We're at a point of transition, but at the same time, we're still hungry. You know what so I mean? There's hungry. people that are hungry to be more and yeah. to to do more yeah and so I feel like we both have amazingly grown from that point absolutely and and one thing yeah. I also want to thank you for is it doesn't matter what I'm working on what I'm posting I could do a story of being out at a networking event and Britt will always have something positive to say like yes girl yes sis we're in the natural <laughs> style or whatever and um I I really appreciate that I you though like there was a point in time where like every art show I had you were there there was even one that I had and you were sick and you still showed up for me yeah <laughs> you barely made it and you I'm know like, why I think it's because yeah. I, I it really means a lot to me being that I know I'm always in that position and I know it it stands out to me who shows up and shows out for you, especially in times of when you don't actually have everything planned out and you're trying to figure it out as you go. Um, the people who care about you the most that take the time to show up for you during those times, to me, mean the most. So I try to extend that to others. And I know, you know, you, you and I had many conversations about you going full time with your artwork, the fact that you're doing it and doing it big. Anytime mm -hmm. I can be there, there's no, like half the time I find out about stuff and I'm like, Brittany, why didn't you tell me? 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> because you have a life. <laughs> I, but I know, I know. But, but you know, I want, I want to support you. And I, I appreciate uh-huh. the support that you extend to me as well. I appreciate that so much. Also, just like a little side topic is I really, I didn't grow up with people being there for me and being there in my corner, just being present. Mm-hmm. So having friends that do that, it's, it's teaching me how to love and also teaching me how to reciprocate that type of energy as well. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but so not even reciprocate. Yeah, not even reciprocate how to accept. Because I realize sometimes you, we don't know how to accept our own blessings, right? Um, we're not comfortable, and one. it's 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 something we're not comfortable with. So I'm um, just learning how to accept it, and it's like just let me know, let me know, and I will. If I can't be there, that I can't be there. So but yeah. <laughs> You got to learn how to accept it. So anyway, so I want to I want to get into you have so much to talk about. Like I said, doing the research that we did for this episode, I thought I knew I thought I kept up with Brittany. I was like, oh, I got you know, I'm, I, I see all her stories. I see all her posts. I was like, I know she I know she's busy, but your girl is busy. Okay. We out here. I I am so proud of you. Uh, doing the research for this was like, wow, she is doing her thing beyond what I even knew about. Um, and the the one that I did know about, but I want to get into is you designed the vote sticker. Ooh. That twenty twenty. That twenty twenty. Let's talk. Let's mm. talk COVID. Let's talk COVID. <laughs> Do we want to uh. go back there? Do, do we need Traumatic. to sip the tea? Let's sip the tea first. Let's sip the tea first. We need some tea. Mm. <laughs> oh. Let's get into COVID. So I was chatting with my girl, Danielle. Um, she was on the last episode. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about how it seems uh, like art got bigger or better. There was more, there was more focus on art mm-hmm. during uh, COVID. Why do you think that was? that art got bigger, but Mm -hmm. I think the need for art uh, increased. I feel like art is a thing that we, we, what's the best way to say this? It's something that we need in order to Mm -hmm. survive. It's that grace that's given um, for us to Mm -hmm. help cope, to make sense of things. Right. And so we were in, I mean, 2020 was the end of the world as we knew it. Exactly. And um, there was no sense in politics. There was no sense in day to day. Even your nine to five didn't make sense. Right. <laughs> like every All the rules were broken. And I feel like people turned to artists um, for answers on how to process what we were going through. Every like, essentially, like the matrix was broken. Right. <laughs> so... And on top of that, a lot of the visuals that they were showing were not, they didn't invoke those positive good feelings that you usually get when you look at certain pieces of art. So to me, I feel like you're right. It's not that it became bigger, but it became more of um, uh, a a, a lifeline for people, a relief, a, a, a different source of entertainment. Because even social media, you went on there and you were seeing all those negative images over and over again. So people mm-hmm. were looking somewhere else to kind of pull those, uh, you know, positive affirmations and visuals from. And it was also through social media and art forms that we were getting our news. Right. Um, I found out about, I mean, Kobe and then George Floyd, like, through social media on Instagram that's how I I found my news so that became and then you know knowing that you know what you see on the news is not necessarily 
direct the information. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. yeah, and the truth, then we had to be more active. We had to, you know, search and dig for our, our information. Mm. And with becoming more um, interactive and intimate with events that were happening with the world, I think we felt more, you know? Yes, yes. So... Uh, how would you say as an artist that you survived during those times? I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) I have no clue. I think, um, the only way that I could make it uh, day by day was just looking outside of myself. Um, Mm. I really focused on community, um, and just trying to make sense of why we're still dealing with racism why we're still dealing with uh, women's rights being taken away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why we're still dealing with issues that uh, that it seems fixable if we want to fix them. Right. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, you don't know if the government's lying to you or not. And uh, it was it was a strange year because that was my year of fully committing. I was already committed Mm -hmm. (laughs) to artistry, but fully committing to, I'm not just me. I'm not just Brittany. Mm. I'm also a vessel. Mm. I'm a vessel Mm. because I am, I have my perspective and I have my voice that means something and other people can relate to that voice. And I think I do have to, oh, like, this is an Instagram commercial, but (laughs) Um, for my social media, like it gave me empowerment Mm -hmm. and through me speaking and through my art, other people were able to relate and feel empowered or also relate. And, um, that was for the first time in my life that I actually felt important. Um, like my views and my, my ideas mattered and my life, (laughs) my life mattered. Your life mattered. No. And and that's, that's such a good point that you brought up because I actually was going to ask you feel like more opportunities came along out of out of uh, COVID for you from from the artist standpoint. What do you have to say about that? Yes and no. Yeah. Um, a lot of opportunity came for Black artists where there was suddenly the spotlight on us because mm. everybody was like, "Oh, we have to hire Black artists to do our things because then that's going to be okay." I even mm. um, got permission to do a Kobe mural, um, not because they were big fans of Kobe. But because they knew that if there was a Kobe mural, there was less, uh, it was least likely to get graffitied over. Wow. So it became like a corporate, like commercial thing. It's kind of like how on Pride Month, every single company is rainbow. <laughs> like, right, mm. right. There, there's like a, a thin line of like, yes, this is great. This is a victory. And then there's also, all right, we see what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? You're pandering. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make it right. But I do remember um, there was a point where I was just so tired of doing like, I, I was tired of, of painting pain. Um, I do remember though that day where it was me and Shaq and we were painting our George Floyd mural and here you come around the corner. I was <laughs> with the protesters. I was literally about to bring that up. <laughs> I was about to bring that up. I was like, hey, that's Brittany. <laughs> I know her. Yes. <laughs> you were in the middle and, and of painting that, a mural while the protests were going on. Yeah, we didn't even know we were going to be a part of it. We were just, we found a building. 
they allowed us to paint on it and yeah tell the story though about how while you were painting it uh one of the residents had called the police or something or they were throwing people were throwing water and yeah so the night before actually i almost got detained because i always tell the story horribly but uh because it was so traumatic for me um the night before i went to go lay my sketch um so that the next day i could just paint without you know feeling too much pressure on me so i laid my sketch um and i think curfew was seven o'clock or something like that and that's uh where everybody had to be off mm-hmm. the streets downtown la and it was like six forty-five or something um and we had packed up all the sketch materials and everything and my boyfriend marcus was with me um and i had a paint <laughs> okay <laughs> we had finished everything packed up and i was like oh let me just get a picture for the gram um anyways so <laughs> i knew it was, we we're documenting history so i go up and i have my spray can and i'm getting ready to like you know just pose and like no kidding like eight different police cars came up on the corner and tried to detain us because they thought it was a uh i was you know illegally painting the building i'm like what is this um but for with me, full I was ladders and paint and everything, they just thought you illegally took the time to set up your paint yeah. and a ladder and everything. Like, and we had even um, we had prepped the the floor so and prepped the building so that no none of the paint would get on the you know it was properly prepped, and so it looked it didn't look like it was a rush job, and it was it was really disheartening. The lead cop that was interrogating Mm. was uh, also black. And I just, I was crying uncontrollably because this is how, in my head, this is how it begins. This Mm -hmm. is the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like in my head, just Cassandra Bland, George Floyd, Brown Taylor, all of those those, uh, names were floating in my mind. I'm like, am I next? Needless to say, they let us go, but, and Marcus handled everything for me because I literally was uncontrollably crying, um, got home, whatever. The next day we go to paint, that same black cop comes back and he apologizes. There's no reason. <laughs> At least he apologized. Wow. But I wouldn't have even, I, oh no, I, I, I totally agree with that, but I wouldn't have I was, even expected him to apologize. I was, the way that they treated us was so inhumane. They could have gotten all the information they needed from one cop coming over and asking us about things. But mm. for them to pull up with their cars, lights going, hands behind your back, drop, it was so unnecessary. Um, but yet there's crackheads at the corner shooting up. Very like- that. <laughs> very that. And so it was one okay. of those times where it was just like this, like Shaq, after telling Shaq, that story he's like you don't even have to paint tomorrow i'm like no this is the reason why we paint this is the reason why we have to Mm. because this type of stuff happens every day to us for no reason yeah so yeah that's one of my experiences with you and then the next day you were there which was awesome and just seeing how many people were out in the streets that day was Mm -hmm. i mean that whole i feel like the first month um after that the whole city of la was just in the streets 
I and just, protesting, which is so beautiful to see. I feel like even me uh, stepping out to protest was like, it was a personal pro- protest, you know, never mind the injustice, which is what it was about. But for me, COVID brought so many things internally to light. Um, mm-hmm. And just just the fact that there there are things that I want to speak out about, but I'm worried about what will my family think or what will my friends think. And it brought to light to me that I was this pe- this person who prided herself on not caring what people <laughs> think and, you know, being a trailblazer and just like, you know, speaking my mind. And I'm like, man, but I hold back on a lot. I hold back on a lot. And I feel like that march, not to, again, not to say it wasn't, it wasn't about George Floyd and, you know, everything more than that, all the injustices. It was, it, for me, it was almost, it, it was for me. It was for me too. It was for me too. And just kind of like, man, you know, there, there's a lot that has to be talked about. And I feel like it starts with us and then our families before we reach out externally and expect other forces um, to understand um, and even get the picture. It starts with us. Um, so that 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 time, COVID, all of that, it, it, it brings up a lot. But I do not, I don't regret it at all. I don't and take it back. I 1,000% agree with you. Right. And one of the things that I said, I 1,000% agree with you. And one mm-hmm. of the things that that time period did bring to light were the people that remained silent. Yeah. Did you have friends, but you were like, mm. hold up. I thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute. Exactly. It brought so, up, it brought up a lot of family conversations and, you know, even my mom and I were discussing things and just kind of my upbringing and how I was like, Oh, and, and, and it wasn't all negative. It was just kind of like, this is something that's never been talked about, you know? And I thought it was for this reason, but I'm realizing it's really because of this reason or X, Y, Z, you know? So I appreciate, you know, there was a lot that was negative going on, but I feel like there was a lot of positive that came out of it. Yeah. I also feel like the more we discuss things, the more that we give things a chance to heal. I just want to get into mural life. It seems like more, is that more the direction you're going? I am not. I just love the idea of public art mm. um, because for so many years, uh, I feel like we've been kept out of art mm-hmm. um, and art's always been for the elite um, or for the non-melanated. Mm. Um, and so we're in this season of art collectors <laughs> and just regular people enjoying art for the first time um on a different stage i mean mm-hmm. we have social media so you literally can go on your phone or whatever device and see everything mm-hmm. um see living living artists and so for me um art has always been for like dead white people like mm-hmm. dead white men that's mm-hmm. all i i knew growing <laughs> up all right do you know michelangelo do yeah. you know do you know picasso and dolly i mean i know that they have different heritages but right what they look like is white white men yeah and so i never thought i could be an artist um that it could be viable mm-hmm. and so for me um although i do love canvas um and gallery work i feel like murals are amazing because not only do I get to embrace the community that my art is going to be living in, 
But I also, while I'm painting, I get to be that example for young Britneys out there that mm-hmm. didn't believe that they could see it, but now they can see that this is a viable option for them as yes. as as a career. Yeah. Or even form of expression. It it could be a hobby. Oh, she can paint. Like I feel like there's so many people painting now that I when I was younger, I didn't even think that it was possible. It was yeah. just like a little, okay, you're watercoloring, whatever. Yeah. I feel- um, even my family didn't take it seriously. What do you think was the the change for that? You, you know, the fact that now it is more people think realizing I can actually make a legit career out of this. I think one was uh, with COVID and everything and the shutdown, business owners taking their stance of, yes, I, I support Black Lives Matter or no, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I feel like them realizing that they can use art um, to to make you know, that statement back up, yeah, to back up their company values, mm-hmm. um, and then also realizing as a consumer that we are also with our money making votes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. stopped altogether going to Home Depot mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of they were Trump supporters. Yeah, I've been going to Home Depot my whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm at Lowe's now. Yeah, Lowe's <laughs> and so Lowe's. it's just kind of one of those things where people be more um, intentional. Yeah, uh, businesses be more intentional with their campaign, their ads, and the way that they market themselves. Um, I feel like that has gotten are given a lot of opportunities to artists, um, which is I'm here for that trend. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And then also social media actually showing that artists are live and we're normal people, and we also are open for commissions um, and we're not just moody and artsy and uh, you know just making art for ourselves and I mean there is a spot for that type of artist but there's also artists out here that are you know trying to have a balanced life and still live a life of true expression. So I saw that you were involved in the uh, Paint the City Peaceful um, yeah at, at the Beverly Center Beautiful piece. I saw I saw the link on um, ABC seven news. Uh, can you oh, can you can you talk about that experience? Yes. Um, that was my first like. I don't want to say it's my first. That was one of my measures in my art career where I was like, oh, I have something to say and it's powerful. And Pete, like my art is needed. Um, so for the Paint the City Peaceful um, collaboration with the Beverly Center, they actually gave us 20 foot by 10 foot um, glass on the side of their building. Mm-hmm. And we were able to put whatever we wanted to uh, regarding how we were feeling about COVID, social mm-hmm. rights, mm-hmm. civil injustice. And I decided to put my lady justice up and um she was a 20 foot black woman (laughs) um with a fro with a i mean it almost erased this but like she was holding the scale of of justice Mm -hmm. she was holding the scale of justice and Um, it was broken and um and her hair um had like a a sign that said i can't breathe um, and she was coming from flames that were made up of red, white, and blue. Mm. And so 
Um, for me, that was the loudest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> um, I've, I've always had this tiny voice. <laughs> and so um, I've had a tiny voice and for whatever reason, people attribute that to being cute. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of powerful messages that I, I like to express, but it's mm-hmm. not always uh, taken seriously mm-hmm. because of the delivery. Mm-hmm. And so with me, my art allows me to put that message out without having the filter yeah. of who I am, <laughs> if yeah. that makes any sense. Absolutely. How did you feel when you saw the finished product? Were you, were you even uh, taken back like, I did that? Me? Me? With this little voice? Me? I think. It was, I was just more happy I didn't embarrass myself because <laughs> really? I was going up with other um, artists. And so I, I'm a newbie. Yeah. So I still have those nerves and those anxiety that I'm going to, my skills aren't going to be up to par. It's mm. not going to have a, a, the message that I want or people are going to misinterpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was more of like, man, I completed it. I'm good. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the real, like, clicker in my head I don't know what the best way to say that is when people started interacting with the art now that for me was the game changer interacting how so um black people (laughs) walking by the Beverly Center being like oh wow I feel seen (laughs) like this is this was for me and so is it West Hollywood where is it where's Uh, that part of town is very right (laughs) very not ethnic right (laughs) it's very money right and so for them to allow me to have such a powerful piece Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. on their building was monumental and then also um for people my people to Mm -hmm. be able to see it and know that they're being heard they're Mm -hmm. being seen um and that we're they're not alone yeah um that was important for me getting into your your resume which you also sent to me and i was like um impressive very impressive, maybe especially trying, maybe trying. especially since, like you said, it's only been five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, uh, your girl's busy. So um, one thing that sticks out to me on your resume was you having uh, the eight, the um, feature on the HBO uh, show. Um, what, what was it? Uh, Sex Life of College Girls? Yes. Yes. How- I've actually had the opportunity to work with several different studios. How does that come about? Are you are you submitting for them or they reach out to you? How does that come about? Honestly, a lot of my bigger gigs come from Instagram. Really? So I had a representative. Oh, no, no, no. For Sex Life of, Sex Life of College Girls, I had actually um, another artist from like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, another artist by the name Adele Supreme. I had um, actually worked her show just trying to help her assist get her you know painting tested and everything mm-hmm. and um this person attended and she said I know that you were there just to help but you were so charismatic and whatever I just knew I had to follow you on on social media mm-hmm. and so three years later she became the set designer for sex life of college girls and she had remembered me and she was like, hey, so I'm doing this. Would you like to work? Mm. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I got that gig. And then just from word of mouth, um, I've worked on several different sets, which is pretty amazing. 
coming from uh, the so shy girl. you never know who's watching. <laughs> That's exactly my point. You never know who's watching yeah. and you never know who's yeah. who. And even though they're here at this moment, you don't know where they're going to be in the, next, in the next moment and who they know. Um, so what that interaction may turn into. So that's why I feel like I, I always um, I'm always I always pride myself on making that first impression the best um, in whatever way. But most most um, importantly, organic and authentic, because I feel like that's yeah. what people take away and remember. And you never know. Volunteer work turns into real work. <laughs> or exactly. Just There's so much you can learn. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, girl, I I really hope that you're um, celebrating these wins because uh, these wins are just so inspirational. And um, I'm a big believer that celebrating your wins only brings more wins, right? So what I'm bringing with this podcast is real people with relatable stories who bet on themselves and win or are winning. How do you feel you bet on yourself? Mm-hmm. Yo, when I tell you my family thought I was crazy (laughs) okay so um when I met you I was on the tail end of my six-figure job that I was I was a seminar director so I was able to we flew all around the world Mm -hmm. teaching (laughs) Amazon Um, I got to meet new people every day. I had all my sky miles getting upgraded every every time. Like it was it was the life. But um, and I had money and I had, you know, all the Instagram shots that you could have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I was miserable. I was miserable. Um, and so at that point, I felt like something had to change. So and so I came to an end with that job. And I told my family that I was going to just do art as my career. Like, this is, I don't have any kids. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have, like, any other obligations. My rent at that time was $500 per month. I had saved up, like, 50 grand. I was like, Mm. all right, so this is the time Mm. to, like, to do me. I had no other bills. Delete. Um, So for two months, like... I knew in my heart that I wanted to be an artist Mm -hmm. and this was my time. But at the same time, my, my skills weren't where I needed them to be. So Mm -hmm. I had some friends that were, you know, trying to be supportive and they would commission me to do things and they'd be like, Oh, it's, Thank you. <laughs> really? Because I, I was going to ask, how, how are you able to discern between your your insecurities and, and, and your own personal voice that's telling you, oh, this isn't good enough or whatever, and it actually not being good enough? How do you where, how do you discern the two? I mean, I guess besides you literally giving the artwork to your friends and them being like, mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, where's that separation? There, there's a separation, and I guess just the way people treat you. Yeah. Um, I remember I had did this like six foot bird, and it had like three different panels on it. It took me like six months to do, and um, one of my friends had like purchased it, whatever. I had sent it up to San Francisco, and he got it, and he was like. Thank you. <laughs> or I get like, I used to get the clients, but um, 
they would commission me and they would be like, okay, so, but I want it like this, 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 and this, this, and it has to have this and this color and this and that. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I would follow all the rules. And they and don't like the way it I looks. I mean, for those type of paintings, I was like, whatever you ask for it. That's what I but mean. They ask for it, like- <laughs> but then they don't yeah. like it. So they wanted me to do it in another person's style. Right. And so what I'm saying is, is uh, you can tell where you're at in your career. At least I feel like this is a good gauge by how your clients treat you. Mm. I feel like now when I'm um, given a project or commissioned for something, people are like, oh, I trust you. <laughs> I mm. trust that you, you know, the direction that I want to go. Um, this is the general, mm-hmm. like what I want it to be. Um, and they let me do my thing. So and you definitely so, have that brand authority now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it's earned. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, <laughs> there's, there's no way to jump from that. And I feel like, um, you have to go through those, you know, hard years of mm-hmm. <laughs> commissions and things going through horribly. How, how <laughs> so many, how long side. do you think it took though? <laughs> Like, it's been five years. How many years do you think you took where it was doing the trial and error phase and, you know, creating Uh, art and then kind of being looked at like, okay. I want (laughs) to say it. I mean, I feel like I'm still in that phase. So I'm like, I'm still really new to art. So I don't want to, you know, claim things like I'm already there. But um, claim it, girl. I know it took me it took me a year and some change to get to the point where I could you know, of studying and, and knowing that I can replicate something that someone asked me to do, I'm right. um, and execute it. And then it took me probably six months after that to feel confident in it. Okay. For other artists who are out there who are maybe looking to make that jump um, from, you know, working that stable corporate job, whatever it may be, getting that stable uh, paycheck to um, f- pursuing your passions, what is it, what steps did you take to lean into doing more of your art as opposed to, you know, relying on the nine to five? Yeah, you got to start somewhere. So the baby steps for me, um, I started, I mean, I'm still not where I want to be. I want to reiterate that. But you have to take yourself seriously. There was a moment where I was taking commissions, but I was still painting in my bed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm a real artist, I can't paint in my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also wanted to, you know, still, I, I'm saving money. I don't want to have to get a job and I want to be able to give myself enough time. So I'm going to keep this $500 rent, but I'm going to go ahead, get rid of all of my furniture in my bedroom. At this point, I was only renting a room. So um, I got all of rid of all the furniture in my room besides my desk. And then I took one of the walls Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I put canvas up and that Mm -hmm. became my studio. Mm. I put, um, you know, that gym floor on the, (laughs) on the Mm -hmm. floor. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. mess anything up. And that was my studio. And so every day I got up and acted like I was painting in my studio. I was Mm -hmm. no longer painting in my bed. And I felt like that was the baby step that I needed to take myself more seriously. Mm -hmm. And then from there, all right, so what do other artists do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and um, figure out more about branding on how to market myself. I'm actually going to go to different museums. I'm going to talk and make uh, community mm-hmm. with other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest things because you want to be able to uh, know <laughs> mm-hmm. that you're not the only one on this journey. Um, and also, you I get encouraged when I see my friends out there like doing their thing. So mm-hmm. knowing that they're still in the fight helps me in the fight. 
Exactly. But um, yeah, and then also, you know, you have to just know that not everyone's going to be supportive. <laughs> my family and my friends that I was having a whole like life crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had to be obedient to the voice in my head that this was going to work. I love that word. And I mean, I, I yeah. love I love that you said that, that you had to be obedient to the voice in your head. And um, I feel like I, I've started so many projects or, you know, jobs that not jobs, businesses. And, you know, you have you have the family just kind of like, oh, what are you doing now? And yeah. um, you're you're wanting them to support you and you're expecting them to. But after you do this a while, you realize they're not obligated to support you. And you have to understand that not what you're making is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And that includes your family and friends. That includes your family and friends. I I most times say, like, if you want to see if if something that you're starting is going to be successful, you need to cast that net wide. Don't start with your inner circle. You need to go wide. If anything, I start internally to get the truth. But also it's like you can you can you can take heed to what they're saying, but you still got to listen and be obedient to that voice inside of you because they haven't done what you're trying to do. They're not doing what you're trying to do. So it's no offense to them, but it's like finding finding that fine line of like, I still got to stay true to me, my voice and that vision that I have that I don't quite yet know how to articulate to you. But I, I see it, I feel it, and I gotta, I gotta follow that path, um, and have the strength to do that. So, I think that's so big is just because yeah. um, only, only, yeah. only, only, only you can define you. Only you can define you. Only you can define you. And we're constantly evolving. I feel like for whatever reason, society preaches that we mm-hmm. have to be one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go to school to do one thing, and mm-hmm. then we do that for the rest of our lives. And as a person, we're constantly evolving. And you might have known me 10 years ago when exactly. I was a quiet sheep of a girl. But that's not who the woman I am today. And that's not going to be the woman I am tomorrow. So allow me to define Exactly. And it's like you want to, sometimes it does kind of make you angry because you're like, oh, you're not going to support me now when I need the support. But when I'm on and popping, that's when you want to support me, you know, and (laughs) you but then you got to realize that's just that's just the way it goes. Right. You got to earn you got to earn that brand of authority, so to speak. You you got to put in the time and you you you, you're not um, it's not it's not owed to you that people just like yourself and like what you put out there. Uh, you you have to deserve that you have to earn that Um, and you do that by like you said putting in the work doing the trial and error failing failing and learning how to come back and be like all right okay I failed but okay now I know what not to do next round and then you just keep rinse and repeating rinse and repeating so I'm I'm really glad that you brought that in up so I want to thank you so much Brittany for your time I sincerely want to thank you and um I know what I think about you. I think you're winning. I think you're killing it. I do want to ask, though, do you think you're winning? Oh, I think I'm on a upswing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm winning. To be honest, I haven't even scratched the surface of where I want to be and what I want to do. Like, I'm surprised every day that I have traction, that people care about what I, I produce. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm. I'm headed the way I want to be. I'm in yes. the right direction. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. I've seen your growth. 
Um, thank you. And can you please, I know we talked earlier about a lot of projects that you're working on and you cannot talk about them um, due to NDAs. So what I want you to do is go ahead and drop all your links. Um, where can people see your work? Um, you know, your social media handle so that after they hear this, they can go check you out and support. Yes, you can find me at Brittany S. Price on all platforms. Well, yes, yeah, so I'm going to give you back the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on Pour the Tea Thursdays. Me. You know what? We're going to we're gonna have to have you back so that you can talk about a lot of the projects because I'm really excited um, for what you have in store. And I know you can't speak about it, but you de we're definitely going to have to do a follow-up so everybody can uh, know more about that. Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Tomorrow. You're, you're this is so welcome. A great platform. You're so welcome. Thank you, Brittany. And that's a wrap. Episode three is a wrap. Wait, can I can I shout out my arms right now? These are some yoga six arms. Okay, anyways, I digress. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support Brittany, check out her work and all the murals we we're talking about on the show. Her handles will be below, as well as for me, if you have any questions, any comments, any critiques, uh, drop them in my DMs at catchtea, if you can, dot podcast. I may listen, I may not, but uh, <laughs> but for real, I am figuring this out as I go. I was told to just tell my story and serve as a connector um, in person on this platform. So that's what I'm hoping to do for y'all. Catch me Thursday after next. It's every second Thursday uh, for episode four. And I hope to uh, kill it and bring you guys more content that you enjoy. So until next time, catch me later, y'all. Peace. Peace.